This is Money Guide with Mary Stirk from Stirk Financial Services. Now, here's Mary Stirk. Welcome to Money Guide with Mary Stirk. And today we're talking about four strategies, money moves, that you should consider making by the time you turn 65. You know, 65 is kind of a big age in the financial world. It's the age where Medicare starts, and it's the age where people most associate benefits for Social Security. Now, not everybody gets to start Social Security at 65, but people associate age 65 with that. So it's one of those birthdays that's kind of a big deal. So we're going to talk about four key strategies that people who are approaching age 65 really need to spend some time thinking about putting into place in order to effectively set themselves up for a retirement plan. All right, let's dive into that first one, and that is Social Security. Social Security is one of the more complex things that is out there that people who are about to retire have to make a decision on. Now, how are you eligible for Social Security? You're eligible for Social Security in a couple different ways. Number one, you're eligible for your own Social Security if you have worked for 40 quarters, which is basically 10 years of work, but 40 quarters. You also might be eligible for Social Security if you didn't work that long, but you were a stay-at-home spouse of somebody who did. So there's possibilities that you may be able to access Social Security through something called a spousal benefit. Another thing that can sometimes happen with Social Security is if you did have your own that you earned by working for 40 quarters, but yours is less than half of your spouse's who maybe was a bigger breadwinner, you might be eligible for something called a spousal benefit, which takes your benefit up to at least half of what theirs is. There's also special rules surrounding people who are widowed and special rules surrounding people who are divorced. So, You've just heard me rattle off a handful of different things when it comes to Social Security planning, and the bottom line is this. There are literally hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of different ways that you can trigger your Social Security. So what is the right thing for you to do? The right thing for you to do is going to be unique to your situation and depend on your birthday. So... There's a few rules around Social Security that I just want to cover that are highlights of it. And then from there, you really need to talk to someone to get some guidance about what's the right way to set it up for you and what your numbers are. So the first thing I want to say is Social Security triggers off of something called a full retirement age. And your full retirement age is based on the year you were born. It's anywhere from 65 to 67. And it could be something weird, like 66 and four months or something like that. It depends on your age. And so you'll want to do a Google search to say, what is Social Security full retirement ages if you don't already know that? Another place you can find your full retirement age is on your Social Security statement itself. Now, you may have noticed that those statements don't come as frequently as they used to. A while back, the federal government decided to stop mailing them annually to everybody unless people were getting actually closer to that retirement age. And so as you get closer to your full retirement age, your statements will come with more frequency, but the younger you are, the less you're going to get them. So how can you find your number? 
you can find it on their website, which is ssa.gov. When you go out there, you can set up a profile for yourself. Now, word of wording about these profiles. When you do it online, they ask you security questions and more often than not, they're really kind of sneaky, tricky ones. So for instance, they might ask you, what was the loan that you took out in 2014 for your boat? What lender was it through? And it will have a lender. Well, you might have taken out a home loan in 2014, not a boat loan. And if you're not really, really careful about every single word in the sentence, you'll say something wrong and then it'll lock you out of the system and you have to wait for papers to be sent to you. So if you do set up an online portfolio with social security, you need to make sure that you fully read those questions, every little detail, and hopefully that won't trip you up. I will tell you that probably 80% of the people I know that try to sign up online get tripped up. So <laughs> don't worry if that's you, you can get it sorted out. It just takes a little time, but you are gonna wanna pull your social security information and know your full retirement age before you're turning 65. Another thing that's important to understand about this is social security can start as early as age 62. If you start it early, it's going to be a reduced benefit. And then every month that you delay taking it all the way up into age 70, it can actually get bigger. But once you're 70, it doesn't get any bigger after that. So there's no really good reason to delay your social security beyond age 70. Now, one thing that people talk about a lot with Social Security is this thing called a break-even analysis, and that helps you decide should you take it early versus delay it. Well, the answer to that, my friends, really depends on how long you live. And so if only we had a crystal ball, so much of retirement would be easier if we knew how long we were going to live and what's going to happen in the markets going forward, right? <laughs> but since we don't have that, we have to rely on some things called math and a break-even analysis. So with that in mind, the break-even analysis basically is something that can be calculated to say if you take Social Security starting at this date, how long do you have to take it until it was better for you to have waited? For most people, it's probably somewhere in their early to mid-80s. Some people, depending on how early you might start it, it could be your late 70s, everybody's break-even is a little bit different. So if you have questions about that, just reach out to one of our advisors and we can help you calculate your break-even to help you understand based on your situation and your numbers, when is the most effective time for you to take Social Security. That is a huge decision for people before they're age 65 is to get themselves set up in a social security plan. One thing I wanna say about that is, what's right for your neighbor might not be right for you. Everybody's numbers are different, people's full retirement ages are different, people's spousal situations are different. So just because somebody you knew did one thing does not mean that that is the right thing for you to do also. All right, so four key things, money moves to make before you're 65, Figuring out your social security plan is absolutely one of them. The next thing I wanna talk about is risk tolerance levels. Now that sounds like kind of a big boring word, but risk tolerance is super, super critical the older that you get. 
And why is that? Well, the older that you get, more than likely the less happy you're going to be with a huge roller coaster ride of volatility with money in the markets. So taking some time to figure out what your risk comfort levels are as you get older is really, really important. And that's why it makes our list of four money moves to make before you're 65. So what do you need to know about risk tolerance? Like that sounds like just such kind of a old curmudgeon -y word, but the reality is this, all it means is how comfortable are you with the ups and downs of the market? Now there's really five categories of risk that most people fall into. They stretch from conservative all the way up to aggressive. Now, most people don't sit at one end or the other in these extremes, they sit somewhere in the middle. So figuring out where your risk level is on this risk tolerance kind of dial is very important. And again, this is unique to you. What your neighbor has done, what your friends have done, that is not necessarily the right thing for you. You have to look at your full portfolio. You have to look at your own situation. You have to look at your income streams. And that is going to help you decide what level of risk is most appropriate for you and your investments. Now, what I see people doing is as they get older, they start to make everything more towards that conservative end. The other thing that I see people doing is completely ignoring this, not doing anything, and then they end up very aggressive, which is what they set up when they were much younger. They just don't address it. They don't do anything about it. The reality is it's not necessarily appropriate to go one extreme or the other. What we really want to do with the risk of your money is to align the risk of your money with the time frame in which you're going to actually use it. That is the most important information that you can come up with for yourself is when am I likely to use this money? And that is going to help you understand how much risk you're comfortable with and embed that into your portfolio. Now, how do you do that, right? How do you actually figure this out? Well, one of the ways that you figure this out is using a risk tolerance quiz. And those are all over the place. Advisors have them, they're online. There's all kinds of different risk questions that you can find out to see what your risk tolerance level is. But the bottom line is working with somebody who's a fiduciary who can help guide you through the questions, can help explain to you the ups and downs of the different questions and what they really mean is probably a great idea because it's going to help you dial in on the risk tolerance level that's most effective for you. Congratulations to Mary Stirk for being named three years in a row to the 2020 Forbes list for Best in State Wealth Advisors and Top Women Wealth Advisors. to Money Guide with Mary Stirk. And today we're talking about the four money moves that are critical for people to consider making before they get to age 65. So we covered thinking around social security decisions. Next, we dove into risk tolerance alignment to make sure that your money is aligned with the right amount of risk for you to move forward beyond age 65. And now we're gonna talk about, well, once you know that risk information, what the heck do you do with it? Well, the thing about knowing your risk is that you can take it a step further, and that's really about aligning your money 
with the time frame you're going to have to spend it and also with what the purpose is of it. So for instance, when you get to age 65 or older, many people are thinking about retiring. And when you retire, you actually start to think about spending some of the money you've saved for retirement. Now, one thing I want to say about this is that the shift that people have to make mentally and emotionally of saving for all these years and then starting to spend that money, that's a big shift. It's a huge paradigm shift emotionally about your money. Because for all these years, decades and decades, you've been telling yourself, I can't touch that money. It's for later. I'm not supposed to be spending it. And now all of a sudden, it's okay to do that. A lot of people feel like they're a naughty little kid with their hand in the cookie jar and they really shouldn't be spending this money. But the reality is one of the emotional readiness parts of retirement planning is getting ready to actually spend some of the money that you've saved. That's the purpose of your retirement funds. It's to carry you through retirement with a comfortable lifestyle that you are going for. So when it comes to accessing money, there is something that's a key methodology in order to set things up to access it in a strong way. We call that the bucket planning concept. Now the bucket planning concept has three buckets. You have a now bucket, a soon bucket, and a later bucket. And the purpose of those buckets works like this. The now bucket is about money that you're likely to use in the next year. It might be money that you need for income in the next year. It might be emergency funds, or there might be some type of planned expense that you have, like a wedding or a car or something like that, that you know is a bigger dollar out of the ordinary kind of expense. That's the purpose of the now bucket. The soon bucket's purpose is where you're going to want to access income from during the first phase of retirement. And we define the first phase of retirement as the next 10 years. So the soon bucket's purpose is to take money from, it's to draw it from over the next 10 years. Then that lets the later bucket be all the rest of the money that's not likely to be touched or accessed for the next 10 years. It's for the second phase of retirement. It's for 10 years or more out. So purpose-driven retirement planning really is structuring the money for what do you need now in the next year, soon in the next 10 years, and later, 10 years or more from now. From there, we begin to dive into the risk levels that are associated with each bucket. So we talked about risk tolerance and how important that is to understand it, but the one thing that people don't always understand is that not all of your money needs to have the same risk tolerance levels. Many people's soon bucket is going to be more conservative because it's income driven and their later bucket is likely to be more growth oriented because it is growth driven. So therefore the purpose of your money and the time frame of when you're going to spend it is helping you to drive that risk level decision. Now, there are all kinds of investment vehicles that are appropriate for each one of those buckets, the now bucket, the soon bucket, and the later bucket. 
And that kind of advice and strategy in terms of how to actually set up your money inside the buckets is something you do need to talk to a fiduciary financial advisor about to make sure that what you're getting is recommendations that are in your best interest about how to effectively set up the investment portfolio inside each bucket. But for purposes of today, what we're talking about key money moves to make before you're 65, what we really want to make sure that you've driven down to and understood is that not all money has the same time horizon, not the same time frame until you're going to use it, not all money has the same purpose, and therefore not all money needs to have the same risk tolerance level. One of the biggest mistakes that I see people retiring making is they're getting conservative on everything. Now that might work for some people, but what conservative on everything does is ignores, it ignores the fact that you might live a long darn time. <laughs> I mean, let's face it, in today's day and age, if you retire when you're 65, you could be living till you're 95 or 100 or even beyond. That's still 30 to 35 years in retirement. So that's what I'm saying is that some of your money still may have that long-term horizon and you're missing out on potential opportunity if you get too conservative with everything too soon. Now, if your risk tolerance comfort level is only conservative, by golly, make it all conservative. But most people don't feel like that. Most people do have a little bit of a graduated scale and that's where that bucket planning concept really does come into play. All right, we've talked about social security, we've talked about risk tolerance alignment, and we've talked about the bucket planning concept. So what is our fourth key money move for people to be making before they're 65? We call it retirement forecasting. Forecasting is all about understanding if you have enough money to actually retire, and if you can spend the amount of money in retirement that your little heart desires to create the lifestyle that you want to have. How does forecasting work? Forecasting is just all about math projections, but there's a lot that go into them. One of the things that goes into them is inflation planning. I mean, let's face it, the cost of things goes up over time. You might think that inflation sounds like a silly thing to put into a plan, but your grandfather would have thought you were crazy if it was going to cost four and a half dollars for a gallon of milk. <laughs> so inflation is real. In fact, one of the best things that I've ever heard about inflation is this. If you talk to your family members who are older, their last car probably cost more than their first house. I mean, that's insane. That's incredible, but that's also inflation. And when it comes to inflation, we have to plan for things to get more expensive as time goes by. So if you're putting a retirement forecast into place and you're trying to figure out, do you have enough money to retire and how much money can you spend during retirement without having this crazy level of fear that you're gonna run out, that's what forecasting is all about. It factors in inflation and the cost of things rising. But you know what it also factors in? It factors in the fact that as we age, we spend less money. And that's one thing that a lot of people kind of forget. You know, your first 10 years of retirement are probably your most active. They're your most fun. They're your most go out there and travel and go get them. And when it comes to it, when it comes down to retirement planning, why wouldn't you align your forecast with that? 
When we do planning, most of the time we set the most income need for the first 10 years of retirement. And then around age 75, we start to back it down a little bit. And then back it down a little bit more when you're 80 and back it down a little bit more when you're 85. And what that does is it tends to keep your spending in your forecast in line with what the reality is. I mean, think about the people you know. You know, they just aren't doing as much as they used to. They're not going as many places. They're not buying as many new things. They don't buy a car as often because they don't travel as often. There's all kinds of things that spending cuts back on. Now, what does increase for spending in retirement? Medical spending. Absolutely, no doubt about it. Your medical costs are going to go up as you get older, but they don't tend to offset completely the decrease in spending that's just activity-based. So that's one thing to also put into your forecasting. So good forecasting is going to share with you a couple things. It's going to share with you, here's where you are now. And if you don't change anything, here's what your retirement income stream might look like. And here's the point where you could run out. Forecasting is also going to go into what if scenarios that say, well, if you made this adjustment, here's how that outlook could improve. Or if you worked another year, here's what it looked like. Or if you made this return versus this return, here's what it would look like. And forecasting is a key piece of helping people understand if they can retire and how much money they can spend in retirement with feeling comfortable about the long-term outcome of it. So if forecasting is something that you think you want to do, that's something you have to reach out to an advisor about here and talk with us. We are fiduciaries, meaning we're always going to tell you what's in your best interest. And that comes right down to the forecasting. Whether or not you can retire, when you can retire, maybe you can retire early. Wouldn't that be fun? <laughs> but forecasting is going to help you create the level of confidence to understand the long-term outcome of your decisions. Okay, so to recap, the four money moves to make before you're 65 are make sure you have a good social security decision and strategy in place, realign your risk tolerance levels, set up a bucket plan, and do your retirement income forecasting. I hope that's been valuable information as you move towards that fantastic retirement that's awaiting you. And thanks for listening to Money Guide with Mary Stirk. The views expressed are not necessarily the opinion of your audio provider and should not be construed directly or indirectly as an offer to buy or sell any securities or services mentioned herein. Investing is subject to risks, including loss of principal invested. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. No strategy can ensure a profit nor protect against loss. Please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should only be relied upon when coordinated with individual professional advice. Securities and investment advisory services are offered through Woodbury Financial Services Incorporated, member FINRA SIPC. Insurance offered through Sterk Financial Services, which is not affiliated with Woodbury Financial Services Incorporated. Neither Woodbury Financial Services Incorporated nor its representatives provide tax or legal advice. You should consult a qualified attorney or tax professional to answer your specific questions. Sterk Financial Services is located at 350 Oak Tree Lane, Suite 150, Dakota Dune, South Dakota, 57049 and can be reached at 605-217-3555. Forbes Best in State Wealth Advisors list includes 10 recipients per state. The award is based on qualitative and quantitative data, rating thousands of wealth advisors with a minimum of seven years of experience and weighing factors like revenue trends, assets under management, 
compliance records, industry experience, and best practices. The word is not based on portfolio performance or client reviews. There is no fee in exchange for rankings. Third-party rankings and recognitions are no guarantee of future investment success and do not ensure that a client or prospective client will experience a higher level of performance or results. These ratings should not be construed as an endorsement of the advisor by any client nor are they representative of any one client's evaluation.